beyond one's control, the beginning of the eighth parak of Yevonis, where the Mishnah states, A person who is uncircumcised and any of the Tameim, anybody who is Tameim, may not eat Truma. So let's go through some of the Psukim in, in Chumash as we did this year. See that when we learn this way, we get much more familiar with, with Tanakh as well. Uh, in, in yesterday's year, which we didn't do here, but I, I, I uploaded uh, a lot of Tanakh just to understand from Yeshua, from Shmuel Beis, from, from Ezra. Um, if when you hit a posuk, you take the Chumash out, the Tanakh out, and you read the parasha, you read not just the verse that's quoted, but you, you read the context, you become much more familiar with Tanakh through the learning of Gemara. Um, so let's look at the, at the relevant psukim. Uh, some are from Parshas Emor, which uh, affect the laws of Truma, and some are from Parshas Bo, which affect the laws of Korban Pesach. In Emor, v'chol zaylo yochal Kodesh, anybody who's not a Kohen may not eat Kodesh. We're talking about <coughs> Truma, Rashi says, Truma katuv medaber, we're talking specifically about Truma. Toshav Kohen v'sachir lo yachol Kodesh. The Toshav of a Kohen or his Sachir may not eat Kodesh. What is a Toshav? What is a Sachir? Says Rashi, um, this is a, a Jewish slave who wants to learn, who wants to work longer than the seven years, and a, a, a hole is made in his ears. You remember, and he can stay until the yovel. What is shanim? That's a, a, a slave, a servant who has forward sold his his labor until the for, for, for the for the seven years. She she goes out at the end of the sixth year. So in both those cases, lo yochal kodesh, ba'a katuv alimedecha, says Rashi Khan, she'ein gufo kanoi la'adonav le'echol bitrumato. He's an employee, he's not, you don't own him. And so if you're a Kohen and he's not, he remains an independent, an independent Israel. You don't have, he doesn't acquire the rights to eat koma, your truma. You can't be ma'achil him truma because he doesn't belong to you. He's, he's an independent employee. However, the Chumash goes on to say, uh, But explains Rashi, if he actually buys a slave, Evet Knani, you buy a non-Jewish slave, has been a slave all his life, uh, there you do actually own him, so to say, uh, if you have a Kinyan Haguf, if you have rights in the being of the person, that person can eat truma the same as you can. But if he's just working for you, that's not a reason for him to eat kohen. And then we've got the two psukim that we've been working with quite a lot. A bat kohen who marries a regular Israel, a, um, if she then becomes an almana or grusha, and so on. So that's the whole parsha of who can eat truma and who cannot. In parsha bo, this is the law of the Pesach. Somebody who's a Ben Nechal, somebody who's not Jewish, cannot eat. And if, even if you, if you own a slave, provided he's been, he's been mulled, he's had mil, he's had a bris, as Yochalbo, he may eat. Toshav v'sachir lo yochlubo. What does this uh, toshav here mean? Says Rashi, Zeger toshav. That's a person who's hasn't gone through a conversion process, but he's been mekabel the mitzvahs, he's been mekabel the sheva mitzvahs b'mnei He's accepted the seven principles of civilized living, and um, 
but, but, and he lives among the Jewish people, but he hasn't converted. The Sakhir is an Sakhir is a laborer, an employee who's, who's not Jewish. Ask the Gemara Matam with Rashi, Matam with Loma of Why does the Torah have to tell me this? They're not circumcised, and we've already said an uncircumcised person can't eat Korban Pesach. Uh, answers Rashi, Kagon Aravi Mahul. He might be an Arab who is Mo, who is Mo. He might be a Muslim. The Givoni from, from Givon, we learned about yesterday. And he's a Toshavo Asachir, but that's not enough ownership to allow him to eat to eat Truma. What's important is to notice the word Toshavo Asachir used in both parishes, but meaning something different. That's what's really important to notice. Toshavo Asachir in Parshas Emo means a slave that has decided to work beyond the seven years and a Sakhir is one who hasn't. So both of them are Eved Ivri. Toshav Sakhir in Parshas Emo means an Eved Ivri, a Jewish slave. Toshav Sakhir in Parshas Bo means a non-Jew, either a Toshav or a Sakhir who is not Jewish at all, so they mean completely different things. The Rambam Paskins in Hilchus Trumas, Kohen Arel Asule Cholbitrumam Midin Torah. Midoraisa, a Kohen who is Circum, uncircumcised may not eat truma. Shaharei, where, where do we know this from? As we'll see in the Gemara, Shneemar Toshav Vesachir Betruma, Veneemar Toshachir Vesachir BePesach. The word Toshav Vesachir appears in both parshas, Korban Pesach and Truma. Ma Toshav Vesachir Amu BePesach Arel Asubo. By Korban Pesach, we know explicitly that an uncircumcised person cannot participate. After Toshav Vesachir Amu BeTruma Arel Asubo. So also, if an uncircumcised person eats truma, it's also. So this is Exera Shava. Rabbi Shmuel's Brisa, we say every morning, the 13 principles by which we extract, extrapolate Torah. The, one is, the first one is Kalvachome, which is a logical method of, of reasoning. And then comes Gzeira Shava, which has to be handed down. One has to have a Kabbalah. Gzeira Shava means words are used in two different parishes. Identical words are used in two different parishes. We learn from one to the other, but it's not just any old word. It's got to be words that are in some way peculiar. There's something, got to be something odd about the use of the words. And the words must be not used to teach us anything other than that. So we've got that in our in our Gemara. If you turn the page of the, of the source sheet, the Mishnah says, "Arel v'cholatamim lo yochlu betruma, neshem v'avadeim yochlu betruma." But the uh, their wives can eat truma. Explains Rashi, "Ha'arel, what is an arel? How does a kohen uncircumcised? What's going on?" Shemaytu echav machmat mila. We learned when we were doing the laws of Chazaka, whether it's twice or three times, a few daf back, we learned that if a kohen's brothers all died from mila. Uh, then, then he doesn't have to have bris mila. How many brothers must have died before his potter? Uh, so we said three. The way we came out at the end of it was was three brothers, um, or two brothers. Neshem va'avadeim yochlu. Their wives can eat. There's not. There's still good koanim, even if he's an arel, and even if he's tame, he's still a koan. So midin kuhuna is as, as such, he can be machil, he can cause, he can enable his wife and children to eat. But he himself can't, because there's something, there's a flaw in his being, not that makes him no, not a kohen, it's just in the laws of truma. This is not in the laws of kuhuna, Rashi, Rashi teaches us. This, when a kohen is tameh, it doesn't make him, it doesn't in any way impair his kuhuna. He's a 100% kohen. There are just certain things he can't do because of the laws of those things. 
Uh, so here too, he's a fool. If he hasn't had a bris mila, says Rashi, he's a fool coin. It's just that he is not allowed to eat truma. How do we learn this Gezer Shava? What's so, what's so peculiar about this? As I said to you, the fact that the Torah uses the words Toshava Sachir um, in, in Shemot, in the case of Korban Pesach, where it means a non-Jew. And it uses the same words in Parshas Emma, where it means a Jew, to use different words. Why are you using the same word if it means something completely different? Just to confuse us. No, to say to you that the principles that govern who can and who can't eat can be compared the one parasha to the other. The parasha's Korban Pesach and the parasha's Truma, both of them are Kodesh, and you don't have to state all the laws in both cases. The, the linkage of, of Toshav Sachir, since those words, Toshav Sachir, shouldn't be the same words in both parishes because they mean different things, but still the Torah deliberately uses the same words. That's Xerah Shava. That means that you, can't, that you can apply certain things from the one parasha into the other parasha. And from there, that's where we learn uh, Arel from. As the Gemara goes on to say at the uh, top of the, of the second page of the sources, the Gemara, Tanya, Omer, Abilazim, Nain, Laarel, Sheen, Ochel, Betruma. Where does it say in the Torah that an Arel can't eat Truma? Answers the Gemara. It doesn't say it explicitly, but it says it implicitly using a Gzera Shava. Neamar Toshavah Sachir Bepesach. Neamar Toshavah Sachir Betruma. It uses the word Toshavah Sachir in both the parish of Korban Pesach and Truma, even though they mean different things. So why would the Torah use the same terms? Ma Toshavah Sachir Amor Bepesach. Arel Azurbo. Just as in the case of Toshavah Sachir Bepesach. If he's an Arel, if he's uncircumcised, he cannot eat. After Toshavah Sachir Amor Betruma. Arel Azurbo. So but Truma also, if he's uncircumcised, he cannot eat. The, um, the interesting conversation is between Rashi and his grandson, Rabbi Edutam, around what constitutes an arel. Um, and, and you see here the different approaches between Rashi and Rabbi Edutam. Remember, Rabbi Edutam is a Baltos for already, although he's a, a Talmud of, of the house of Rashi, he's a grandson of Rashi, uh, but, but he starts off, you'll remember, it's called Tosfus because it's <laughs> adding on to Rashi, not adding on to what Rashi does. The Baalei Tosfus realized that what Rashi did was complete. There's nothing to add on. Rashi, Rashi expands, he explains the words of the Gemara. There's nothing to add to that. Uh, Tosfus means a, an additional way of learning that Rashi doesn't do. So Rashi, the Rashi focuses on the text. Tosfus expands beyond the text. So one is, is focused in and one is diffused out. And sometimes you come to different conclusions by these two different, different approaches. And Rabbi Natam is always faithful to his approach, as is Ri. And Rashi is always faithful to his approach, with very few exceptions. So here, just, just what does the word Arel mean? How can there be a Kohen Arel? What is, the, what is the case talking about? Well, we've just had a case. Only a few duff back where a person is not required to, to do a bris mila because his brothers have died, says Rashi. Kohen shemei to echav, machmat milah. What does a Kohen Arel mean? It means that his brothers have died because of lack of milah. So if you're just learning the Mishnah and you're learning the sugyas of Yavomis as we are, we're learning these Gemaras, that's the simple translation of what Narel means, and that's that's how, how Rashi. Rashi doesn't get involved in in complicated explanations. He just wants you to be able to understand what it says, and and that's the pshat of what it says. The fact is, he's not circumcised. He's not circumcised. Doesn't really matter why not. Uh, you'll ask, but but in fact, what's what's going on? Why isn't he circumcised? Well, he didn't have to be because his brothers were uncircumcised. The Rashbo brings the um, the, the, the kasha of Rabbeinu Tam. 
of Rabbi Nutam, his grandson. So if you look at the Rashbo at the end of the soul sheet, Arel v'chol atzmim lo yuchlu b'truma. Pirush Rashi, the Rashbo brings Rashi. Arel shemeto echav machmat mila v'iket dekashilu. And some ask the question. Some means Rashi's own grandson. Da habigmora boi rami b'chama arelot shelo bizmana im akva oloi meakva. What happens if this child is not yet eight days old? So he doesn't yet have to be at bris, but he ha- but he's an arel. He's not. Uh, he's not circumcised. Um, theoretically, in such a case, w- would he be able to eat truma or not? Theoretically, can. sorry, eight days old, you can't eat truma because you can't eat at that can't stage. Eat. Yeah, so we're talking about theoretically. We're talking about a case where that time was extended because he was ill. He couldn't. There was no way that he could have the bris mila at that time, and uh, but but he can eat. So they had they rediscovered baby formula in the United States, and it's now available, and it's made from truma. And can we feed him on that baby for, baby formula or not? And the, and Rabbi Nathan says, "When came tifshut mehad meha, why does the Gemara have this this difficult question? You should be able to deduce from here to ma'akva that it, that, he, that this child cannot eat truma." This very case is like an arel shelobiz mana. It's like an arel before the time that you're allowed to have your bris. Because you're not allowed to have your bris because two brothers have died already from it. So it's exactly the same case. So if, if this is what the Mishnah means, so here you see Rabbi Nutam using his power of analysis, of comparing to other parts of the Gemara. He's not just staying on this page. He goes further to the next, the next page. And he says, if you look on further, you'll see that the Gemara struggles to deal with a case where it's, it, he, there cannot be a bris miller. And so why don't we just see from here? You see that if it cannot be a bris miller because his brothers have died, lo yuchlu b'truma, he's not allowed to eat. But I mean, Tamzal al mefarish arel shelomal machmat pachad mita shira'a achirim shimeitu machmat mila. His own brothers didn't die. He's just scared. This is an adult, let's say, who's now chayev to do a bris miller. He's discovered he's Jewish, whatever the case is. And he's heard of people who've died at a bris miller and he's terrified. He's just simply terrified. There's no halachic reason not to do it. It's a subjective reason. He's too scared to go there. One of his brothers died, Mahmoud Mili. He says, I can't, I can't take that risk. The, the halacha says, you, ma- you must. He says, I can't. I don't have it within me. That's already a type of oinus. The person says, I cannot do it. I just cannot do it. But he is a bar mimel. Whether or not he can do it is one issue, but he's chayev to do it. Whereas a person whose whose brothers have died because of Mila isn't chayev to do it. Says Rabbi Natam, that's what you've got to look at. Is there a chiyuv and he's choosing not to? Even if his choice is because of oinus. Even if his choice is beyond his control, he just cannot do it. He cannot bring himself to do it. But, but it is still a choice. Whereas in the case of, of Rashi's case, where this is where brothers have died, he doesn't have the choice at all. So when we use the words, this is beyond my control, we've got to understand what are we talking about? Are we saying beyond my control according to Rabbi Tam, or beyond my control according to Rashi? Beyond my control according to Rashi means that there's no chiyuv even, that uh, there's not no choice involved. This is not about choice. That's what beyond my control means. Um, and, and according to Rabbeinu Tam, no. If it's, if it's that much beyond your control, so, so Rashi says, yes, it's totally beyond his control. The Torah says, don't have a bris miller. And ones rachmana patre. What does ones rachmana patre means? If it's beyond your control, you are patru, you're not held accountable. But that doesn't mean that you're not an aril, says Rashi. It's all very well to say it's beyond my control, fine, so you're not accountable. 
But the outcome is still there. You haven't had a bris, and one has to be able to separate that out. Somebody says, not my fault, it's not my control. Okay, so we're not going to hang you for it. But you've got to realize that there's there's been outcome as a, as a result of of that. Rabbi Natam says, you don't even look at that outcome. That outcome is completely beyond him because there was no choice. The only time, so you've got an onus where you where there isn't even a choice, there's nothing, says Rabbi Natam. You're not even an arel. That's not even called an arel because you weren't even kayev. There wasn't a chiyuv. If there was a chiyuv and you chose because of oynes, because you're forced to into the situation, but you chose not to have a brismila, that's a that's a that's an oynes. And in such a case, arel that you wouldn't be you wouldn't be allowed to eat. But if you're not even chayev, if the Torah there's no choice at all, the Torah says you may not eat. That's you're not even called an arel. And so you now you've got, you've got definition here as well. However, Rabbi Natam says if you didn't do it because you if you didn't do it because you couldn't bring yourself to, there's something in your mind. There's a psychological block that doesn't enable you to do it. And you go you've gone to therapy and it hasn't helped you. You've done everything you can do. You just cannot bring yourself to do it. That's also a kind of an honest. But then you're a proper oral. You can't eat it too. But then you are accountable because at the end of the day you did make a choice. Uh, so that when we look at beyond control, you've got to look quite carefully at was there choice involved or was there actually no choice at all involved? And if there was choice involved, was it subconscious, a subconscious barrier or a subjective barrier or was it an objective barrier that, that got in their way? So that as we analyze these, these things, that sometimes we, uh, as we learn Gomorrah, one of the things we see is the nuanced meaning of things. It's very, people are very quick to say it's beyond my control. One second, beyond my control, there are a whole lot of different kinds of beyond my control. Which one is this? And that's a conversation to have. You can have it with an employee, you can have it with a child, you have it with yourself. It's beyond my control. Okay, let's, let's try and understand. What, uh, beyond my control, like, like Rashi, uh, beyond my control, like Rabbi Natam. How much beyond my control? It's beyond my control, so I'm not culpable. But at the end of the day, I'm still the cause of something having happened. That doesn't mean that I can't try and fix it, even though I'm not culpable. I can still try and fix what has resulted because I couldn't do what I, what I would normally have had to do. And so one understands and is able to find meaning in the nuanced understanding of things that one generally treats in a very generic sort of way.